Oh my god, did he really just say that? That's just like the worst opinion ever. Where do you get off? Where, where, where do you get off saying that thing that you said? Huh? Where, 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 where do you get off? Huh? What makes your views so... How dare you? How dare you? I, I am a mother. I am a mother. How dare you? Oh my god, did he really just say that? He actually said it. I can't believe he said it. Did he say it? Did he say it? He said it? Oh my god, I can't believe he said it. The following episode of Pulling Teeth contains views and opinions that some people may find offensive. If you're one of these people, we welcome your constructive contributions in the form of concise emails, funny songs, and securely packaged deliveries of broken glass and feces. If our handling of hot-button topics does trigger you, causing you to chew through your own steering wheel on your commute, may we gently remind you that we've been asking for contributions for over a year, and that your staunch avoidance of interaction is the only reason that our supposed ignorance has gone completely unchallenged. With this in mind, brace your ears for what is likely to be our least popular episode ever. Nuts in it. What? What? Whole ones. Yeah. What is it? A toffee nut latte. Well, you're not expecting nuts in your toffee nut. Latte. I thought nutmeg. It's Christmas. Well, normally they put like syrup in it, not just dump some nuts in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just chopped up like walnuts. That's just in a lumpy d- coffee. Yeah, that's weird. I'm an adult. <laughs> you put some toffee in it. <laughs> You put some nuts in it. All right, now I'll drink the coffee. <laughs> what can, I'm really angry this week. Yeah, really angry. Well, I'm pretty pissed off. So you, you're pissed off. Yeah. All right. I'm just, yeah, just. I am a psychopath, right? I genuinely believe that I'm a psychopath. I just think that I'm. I've been keeping myself in check. Yeah. And the re- the main main reason I do that, I think that is because when I talk to people about some dark stuff. I tend to be more on the favour of the psychopath than the people. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess makes me think that psychopaths are the people who, they, they understand. <laughs> <laughs> understand you? No, they understand the world. Oh, right, okay. Everyone <laughs> else Other is people mental. are like, what's going on? <laughs> like, um, say, like, with the, I mentioned Mindhunter a while ago, but there's a psychopath in it that, um, cut off his mother's head and fucked it. Right. Right. And uh, the the genuine normal reaction is, oh my God, what's wrong with that person? Oh, no, what's going on? I think everyone can get to that point. <laughs> it's, I just, I just, I don't know whether it's just like through my studies, my university studies, not just like my own personal darkroom studies. Yeah. Um, I used to look at psychopaths and stuff like that and try and figure out how they would get to that point. And I think that everyone can get to a point where they do something abhorrent. Well, it's, it's the just, Nazi it, thing, isn't it? Yeah. Jordan Peterson was saying about that. Yeah. It's like you introduce the idea gradually and eventually anybody is capable of becoming a Nazi. Well, yeah, you, you, in, in that, or in that case, you can manipulate someone else or a group of people to do yeah. something terrible. Yeah. But I think that anybody with enough bad experiences or specific lines that they cross a step at a time can get yeah. to any Ted Bundy or ridiculously psychopathic place. Mm. But the gender normal reaction is like, Oh no, there's something that, 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 that person's 
ill or that person's wrong. And I yeah. think that those people are just sheltered in their own normative way, which is great for them, I guess. I, I'm, I'm very much not in that case because I, I look at it in a different way. Yeah. So after acknowledging this, I'll, through my young 20s, I used to go through phases of kind of voicing those concerns and voicing like, oh, you know, fucking do all this and yeah. you don't understand and having arguments with people. And after a while, I just kind of realized that, you know what, there's, I'm different to most people, so I'm not going to engage when people start like, can you believe what this person did? It's like, yeah, I mean, anyone could do anything, like anyone yeah. can get to that point, so there's no point arguing it, you're just scared that you might become that person, Yeah, and you're trying to distance yourself from that person by saying they're of another species or something like that. I think it's, a, it's a, just a difference of how you approach things. Like I, I, I used to be very, very standoffish as far as like political arguments and things like mm. that are concerned, and now when I have those discussions, I try and stay as neutral as possible, but still, rather than trying to put my view forward, mm. it's trying to tell someone how someone else could reach that point of view. Yeah. And I think people are more responsive to that. I had an argument with someone this week about how Trump isn't a racist. And yeah, they were vehement yeah, yeah. that he was. Yeah. And I just just trying to kind of like say like, well, just look at the facts. Here's the facts. And, and, and that's Draw the same kind of thing in relation to psychopaths. They just haven't looked into it enough. Yeah. They're looking at it on one dimension as yeah. like, he said immigrants out, therefore he's a racist. Yeah. And you go like, well, now just think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Like this- and it's, uh, it's, it was, also trying to slip in that, like, I don't know if he's a racist. He, he yeah. very well could be. But this evidence does not prove that he is. Yeah. Well, like any true psychopath, I have a mask that I put on when talking to certain people. So I'll have a lot of discussions with people because I like to talk about stuff. I like to hear it. I like to learn how to um, debate things. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, um, if you have, I'm, I've, I've noticed with a lot of people, like, they don't argue because they want to know more. They argue because they want to be right. Mm, so yeah, I'll take yeah. on that kind of neutral position. That's just to try and be so like so scared of being wrong. Yeah, and, like, and, and, it's so and when I'm having that conversation, I'm more in, I'm not interested in about the, the argument. I don't care because I'm interested in why you are desperate to be right and why you are so afraid of being wrong. Yeah. So I'll just try and I'll just have the conversation, the the, the philosophical the philosophical conversation of just trying to you know, well, what do you think about this and what do you think about this. Does that mean, and then try and tie it into maybe they have that self-realization of who cares if I'm right or if I'm wrong. It's just, why do you think that is the more interesting thing? Yeah. But the other thing that I've noticed is recently is when people are arguing, they're not, when some people argue, it's not a case of they want to be right or they want to be wrong. It's they want to agree with you. Like the Kevin Spacey thing that we talked about, I guess it was last week about he released a statement that had two paragraphs in it. And I see the, the two paragraphs as separate statements. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else sees them as one statement. Yeah. So I had an argument with somebody where I was just saying, I just see them as two different um, paragraphs. And I think that I, I, the reason that I'm unaffected by this is because I see it as completely separate. Mm. And their argument was, no, it is a singular statement because of this. Yeah. And my response is, I understand that point of view, but I disagree. Yeah. And they couldn't deal with it. They yeah. couldn't, they were like, well, why do you think I'm an idiot? It's like, I just disagree. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. you, and their whole argument is saying the exact same thing again and again. It's like, no, I know what you're saying and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. And they can't get in. That's their me- method of understanding stuff is repeating things. It's in a loop. the extremes of it though. It's like people assume that if they're wrong, they must be stupid. So mm. they don't want to be wrong, but that's not what being wrong is. But, and then again, I, because I don't care about who's right and who's wrong, yeah. I just like, well, I, I have a difference of opinion. Why don't we explore those differences of opinion? Yeah. Why don't we ask questions about it? But instead it's like, no, this is what I believe. Like, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't believe anything different. Mm. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so there came a point like five years ago or something like that where I decided that I'm just not going to get involved in a lot of stuff. And that resulted in uh, a whole bunch of negative problems. Like, I was concerned that if I got in shape, I'd be angrier. And so, therefore, <laughs> I would get involved with more things and cause more chaos. <laughs> so, I was like, I'm not going to get involved, not going to get in shape, not going to get healthy, not going to do this, not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and then the, and then the Harvey Weinstein stuff uh, came about. Mm. And I was like, yeah, of course, there's Hollywood. Hollywood has sexual predators. The world is a sexually dangerous place. People mm. should learn to defend themselves in the world. Yeah. And people were saying that Harvey Weinstein is, he wouldn't, he, he'd give me a role in something if I sucked his dick or something like that. Like, okay, that sounds a little bit dodgy. And then it, Kevin Spacey came out and what Kevin Spacey did was sexually aggressive. But as far as I know, he wasn't kind of holding employment over anyone's heads. No. He was, would like flash people in bars and uh, yeah. t- talk dirty to people in the streets. You go, oh, he's a bit aggressive. And then Louis C.K. gets accused for mm. asking people if he would, if they would mind if he masturbated in front of them. Right. And you go for no benefit, for no like, I'll give you a role in this movie. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do that. And you go, what he did was sexually uncomfortable. And he, he, he released a, a, a response, which was like saying that the bad thing about it was that the women felt pressured into accepting it and felt pressured to not talk about it because of his PR status and people would not believe the case because it's Louis CK. But the thing that I'm, the, 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 the recurring tone in all of these things, because Harvey Weinstein got an Oscar removed or something like that, didn't he? Um, He was, he was stripped from the Academy. So he was no longer, he he was like a head of the Academy or something like that. He was a big player and they were just like, they kicked him out. And with the Harvey Weinstein thing, there were a load of uh, high profile Hollywood people who came, I think um, Quentin Tarantino was one of them. He said, I had heard rumors about Harvey Weinstein and I still made films with him. I'm wrong. And you go, so that was, that happened in there. And then Kevin Spacey had the same thing. Oh, I heard there was rumors, but I didn't Mm. act upon them. Yeah. And then he's been edited out of a film. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then Louis C.K. gets accused of these things. He's had all these horribly, his his show's been pulled, his film's been cancelled. Yeah. Lots of these things. All because of one, accusations. Two, the rumors thing is insane to me because either you believe that all employers should base their recruitment on rumors. Mm. So if you hear that, I don't know, that's Peter, he collects way too much Lego, don't employ him. Like, oh, I know, I know we collected a lot of Lego and I still employed him, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, you've, like, there's rumours, like, so don't, that, that, that's just people trying to milk into the limelight and try and absolve themselves of some, of any responsibility, like Quentin Tarantino. Why did you make films with Harvey Weinstein? Well, he didn't do those things to me, I was unaware, but I heard rumours. Mm. Yeah, well, you still hire Richard Gere and apparently he's got a thousand ferrets up his ass or something. <laughs> like, just, what are these rumours? Why are rumours suddenly incredibly important information? It's completely ridiculous. And then, so with the Louis C.K. thing, I think it's strange because, one, the, the, there's still all accusations. I think we said before that um, mm. 
they've, they've got nothing's gone to court yet. Nothing's, nothing's been judged. Nothing's gone to court, but Louis has come out and said it's all true. Yeah, Louis is a special case in the, uh, but that was after all the negative effects of the accusations. But the issue counting towards Louis in this instance is that previously when he'd been accused of it or whatever, or it had come up in the press or something, he vehemently denied it. And now, with the, with the pressure of like all five women or whatever it is that are in the article, like the New York Times article, now he said it's okay, that that it's true. So essentially, so it's okay to accuse people if they say that they're, they're rumors; they're not being told it's true. I, what? So you're saying it's different with Louis C.K. because when these accusations came out, he denied them, and again, it never went to court over the years. Yeah, yeah never went to court. Yeah. But you're, but it's surely the thing still stands of he was accused of th- these things now, never went, hasn't been to court, nothing's been judged or anything like that. But he lost his TV show, he lost this, he lost that, he lost that. And then after that, he admitted guilt. But there was still a period when he was just being accused of things and he was getting that these shows were being cancelled. Well, yeah, the, I think at the point when he was being accused of things last week or the week before or something when mm. the whole shitstorm came Thursday. up. Thursday. Yeah, 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 it was a few days ago. Um, Things weren't, they, they weren't wording it as things being cancelled. They said things were being suspended while it was investigated. Well, his premiere was cancelled and yeah, the film was cancelled. And I think he cancelled the premiere and right. he cancelled his, uh, the production he, he company cancelled his on, film and HBO re- uh, re- removed all of his, uh, shows. No, no, HBO, uh, oh, HBO might have done. I was mm. thinking Netflix. This is special. So still, yeah, Netflix, Netflix has cancelled the next. Yeah, they said they're not making any more with him or something. But I, I looked last night and his specials are still up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have heard of him Netflix removing this stuff, but HBO removed like Louis and um, Lucky Louis. And stuff. Yeah, and it, I don't know with with Louis, it's, it's a difficult one because you're going to enter any kind of fucking firestorm of hate as soon as you say one case isn't as bad as another because you I'm, should judge them I'm, all I'm, equally. I want to be absolutely but, clear what the, what these people did was wrong. Yeah. It was, they're guilty of what they're doing mm. and they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, what, com- what, what I'm addressing at the moment is just the reaction to mere accusations. Well, yeah, this is what I was saying last week. Yeah. I and think, I think that um, applies to like, Louis as well. It's just, there's a shorter window. Yeah. Because yeah. he came out and confessed. Yeah. Yeah. But accusations should not hold weight. Yeah, they um, shouldn't result in like immediately shows cancelling. They shouldn't. Stuff. They, they shouldn't. They shouldn't result. Rumors in should not. Anything. And then, what, what what point does a rumor become an accusation? Yeah, I guess is the argument there because yeah. rumors everyone can agree yeah. are stupid. Like, don't pay attention. Don't pay one hundred percent attention. Don't fire people based on rumors. Mm. If someone is if there's a rumor about somebody stealing from work, yeah. that person should be should be accused or addressed or discussed with. And that should be taken further, yeah. but based on a rumor, nothing should happen. Well, yeah, if you if you sacked someone, if it, like if I got sacked because someone had said that I was stealing office supplies yeah. or something, but there was no proof, I could sue. Yeah, like straight straight away, and I would win because if yeah. there's no evidence and I got fired and there's no substan- there's there's no yeah n- because, because the employer was wrong to yeah. act on those rumors, but. In the case of these things, I guess, I, I, like, yeah, uh, in, uh, as far as... Um, I think I heard Hollywood some people suing for again. bad image, uh, affecting career or whatever. I but, guess, which is a ballsy move if you did it. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> but, remember who did it. Someone, um, somebody did it. I don't know. I, I, I even read one this morning of, like, of someone accusing George Takei of cosbying some kid. Like, yeah. putting something in someone's drink and 
and waking up. Well, it's, and, it's, it's all coming out and it's, and it's all like, in Hollywood and people forgetting how self-profiting Hollywood is. Yeah. And how it's great if you come out as being a sexually abused because you might win an Oscar. <laughs> like it, it's been widely over 20 years that most yeah. damaged people are getting the most rewards in Hollywood. But the conspiracy, that conspiracy kind of aside, the thing that frustrates me the most is this idea of being powerless. And I've, 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 I've addressed it a few, like I think the last couple of podcasts in a row where we've said that because I'm um, above average in physicality and being taller and probably a stronger physical presence, yeah. that I'm not aware of certain things. But I, thinking about it, I don't think it's got anything... I think, I think it's got less to do with physicality than I think you Im- immediately thought. Like the reason... I, I mean, take uh, if, if somebody offers to masturbate in front of you and you don't want them to do it, mm. you can be 10 foot 9 and still not say anything. Mm. You can be incredibly physically intimidating and not say anything. Meanwhile, you can be five foot three and still be able to say no. Yeah. But for some reason, that's being forgotten and being like, these people are victims. Mm. And you go, yeah, they're victims, but they're victims who put themselves in that situation. And yes, there is some kind of responsibility on the person who initiated that act, as in Louis C.K. in this example, saying that, you know, would you like, would you like me to do this? And then them being silent, and not saying anything. They hold some responsibility for putting them in that situation. But in my mind, I don't understand how anybody can not say no in that situation if they don't want it to be and still blame 100% on somebody who asked them a question. Right. But then, but, but your approach to that is viewing the world through entirely your own paradigm. Yes. Like that, that is, that, that's the way that you see things that you, that because you haven't if you're at fireworks physically display, or mentally intimidated by people in your life because no, that's not the kind no, of person the opposite, that you are the opposite i have been physically and mentally intimidated by people in my life i've told you about my childhood oh yeah, yeah. like so i've been in those situations and i have gotten myself out of them my, my my belief is it's not a physical situation it's purely mental some people are afraid of saying no to their parents so how are they going to be able to say no to their favorite comedian some people are going to be intimidated by large crowds how are they going to say no to a celebrity you know it's 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 purely a mental thing and if you're going to put yourself if you're going to decide not to get yourself out of that situation which you're either doing or not doing then I don't, I'm, I'm not saying they should have done something else. I'm saying don't claim that you have no power. You clearly have the power to get up and leave or to just say that because no one said no. We, mm. we, we, Louis responded by admitting that he, he came out and he, he admitted uh, guilt with it all. And one of the things he said was, um, I felt like at the time I felt like I was doing nothing wrong because I was always asking if they would like to do it. And I always felt that that was an important difference. Um, and one of the one of the replies from two of the victims was, um, "You you are uh, you did ask, but we did not say yes." Yeah, it's like okay, but did you say no? Mm. Because if you said no, then that one, if you say no and he does it anyway, that changes it dramatically in in your favour. So I feel like you would say oh, we said no and you carried on. Yeah, so it so... implies that they didn't say anything. Right, they didn't accept or deny. And to then say that they don't have any power in this situation, he, Louis abused his power. It's like, all you had to say was no. 
Mm. And I'm sympathetic to the situation because it is difficult to stand up for what you believe in. And it's difficult to um, stand up for yourself. A lot of people have difficulty with that. So I sympathize with it. But I don't understand how people can remove all... Re- well, it's not my job. It's not my job to defend myself that he should have been defending me. Yeah. I don't understand that. And I think that that's becoming... The thing that pissed me off this week, I got in quite an angry state about it, was just that's the that's the route that we're going down is yeah. with a whole idea of victimhood and do not blame victims and do not question yeah, victims. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. You go there, there, before there was a bit of like, I understand, given time, let them yeah. analyse it and do this. But at this point where you're blaming the victim if you're asking them why they didn't ask him to stop or not say no to yeah. a man who wasn't being physically threatening, but his career and the way that you viewed him is what he was t- apparently taking advantage of. Right, so if there were instances where they'd said no... And he'd done it anyway. Then you would have a different point of view Absolutely. on that situation. Yeah, and, yeah. But, and and then that would come into a more of a physical situation, right? Yeah. That would be more of like, well, then why didn't you fight your way out of it? Which is a, which is another a bit well, more that's, extreme, that's different. Yeah. right? But this is literally why didn't you just say no? Yeah, because it implies because he he did do that with with one woman, and the woman said no, and he didn't do it. Yeah, so that's the level of victimhood that's being present in here that has resulted in films being cancelled, shows being pulled, careers being affected. And I'm not sympathetic for Louis because what he did was wrong, Mm. but I'm not at all sympathetic for the victims who are claiming that they've been some kind of wronged on this extreme level. I I guess it's, it's, it's a difference between being a pest and being an abuser. Yeah. And just the whole, the whole thing is I maybe, and again, this might just be my view of the world because I'm semi psychopath, right? (laughs) Which is, we basically live in Terminator 1, right? Yeah. <laughs> Robots murdering people in the streets, giant planes of lasers. That's the outside world where there's, there's rapists, there's pedophiles, there's sexual abusers, there's murderers, there's, uh, uh, uh wife beaters, there's all these hor- muggers, there's all these horrible people out in the real world. Yeah. And I believe you have to defend yourself against the outside world. Mm. But I believe you also have a second dimension of your world, which is like in your local community. In your fr- with it, when, when you're hanging out with your friends, you're not all, you're not 100 out in the real world of muggers and murder. You've created your own environment. This is where we talk about stuff. This is where you know we laugh and play and do whatever. But then if we're going to go to a football match, then there's going to be a level of we need to be aware of our surroundings and we need to be aware that there's going to be pickpockets in this area. It's going to be this. So then you team up together to fight against the the real world. And I think that people, that's my view of the world, is the world is a dangerous place and you need to de- learn how to live within it. And it seems to be the more and more that the argument is the world is not, a, the world is sunshine and rainbows. And there's this small community of horror that's ruining the world. And, yeah. and the rainbows and sunshine will win everything. We don't have to do anything. Um, the, and they should, they should just stop it. <laughs> you know, there's the, the small pest. There's a, there's a rat infestation. There's cockroaches in the building. They, they just stop it. I mean, why yeah. are they ruining our stars and sunshine and rainbows? <laughs> and it's just if you want to live, and that's why I think a lot of people's rage comes from with all these like angry, hateful against men or against feminists or against all this. They go like, ah, you know, you don't fit in our universe. Yeah. And it's just people have different interpretation of what the universe is. And I, and again, I don't understand how anybody can see the world as being sunshine rainbows. It's going to give you everything. Yeah. And it's always going to agree with you and support you and never bring up any topic that you're going to find controversial. You're going to have to think about or might make you emotional. Mm. I can't understand that because my, my, my experience of the world has been, there are dangers out there and you need to learn to live with it. Not there are dangers out there and they, they'll be sorted by the world. Mm. If you're going to take it like driving, I think I've mentioned this before as well. 
with driving, you have to assume that everyone else is a terrible driver. Yeah. Because yeah. you are solely, one, it's your life that's at stake or, yeah. and the passengers in your car. You have to assume that the person in front of you might do an emergency stop, might not indicate when they're turning, might not do X, Y, Z. So you have to assume that all other drivers are terrible, bad people, murderers, pickpockets, whatever. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to get around in it. Mm. Not just, and I've seen people on the str- driving cars who if a, another person on the road is making a mistake, they'll make them pay for it. Like they'll accelerate. Like if someone's trying to indicate into their lane and they don't want them to indicate into the, if someone's undertaking you. Yeah. And they're, un- and undertaking you, they're like, oh no, well I'm pulling over now. Oh, you're not supposed to undertake. So I'm just going to turn, I'm going to pull into the left lane. You're already there and you're my blind spot. So yeah. It's like, why that, that's so stupid to me. Yeah. 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 Because you're not trying to live within the world. You're trying to believe you're, you're under the belief that the world will just move that car out the way yeah. and that you're in the right and that you're doing what. So I, that, that's what I think is, is the key difference between my perception of the world as a psychopath and the rest of the people's world of just looking at it as some kind of green, yeah. you know, every, every, everybody eats cress kind of world. You know, I don't, I don't get <laughs> well, it, but this is just driving me further down the psychopath mentality that I've been resisting for so long. <laughs> well, as, as someone who isn't a psychopath under current social rules, I'm not allowed to have an opinion, so I'm not going to take it any further. <laughs> but and that, that was the same. It wasn't like so, uh, my previous perspective was not that i'm not allowed to have an opinion it was like if i have an opinion i feel like it will just kind of it won't add to anything it won't change anything so what's the point yeah what's the point in arguing with an idiot i don't know i just like ah you just you do your thing i'll do my thing but now, I, now i've kind of had my own call to arms kind of situation i've been like really this is so fucking pathetic right now <laughs> i i and i was like well I'd, I'd like to kind of argue this and take a platform and just be like fuck you and fuck everything this kind of get involved but i'm also aware that that takes me further down the you know all the all the voices are wrong you know <laughs> the world's insane you know the government's trying to <laughs> which i've been keeping in check for so long uh. <laughs> so that's my view on the, on the louis ck stuff and the harvey weinstein stuff mm. it is just i don't understand how anyone how anybody can luke can can admit to being completely powerless in any situation and there are different levels of that because even in a physical situation, you still have some power. You're able to do something. But in the case of just saying no, mm. I mean, was it, well, that was a drug slogan for just say no. And all these people <laughs> just didn't. Oh, well, that, does that apply to masturbation? I don't know. I don't think it does. I won't say no. It'll be fine. You see, I, I think it's just, um, it, it's, we've kind of moved the goalpost somewhat. For some reason, I think if this happened, the the Louis thing. If this happened mm. in the nineties, he'd just be considered a pervert or somewhat yeah. of a pervert. It wouldn't be taken to the point of sexual assault, which I don't believe is it's sexual assault. It's, it, it, I would say it's harassment. Someone called like in the the articles that I read, they labelled it as sexual assault. Mm. Uh, I I tried to find like a rock solid definition of exactly kind of what that meant, and the majority of the time it was something well, physical physically it, yeah. if, if somebody unwanted. in the street is waving at you and you don't want them to wave at you are they assaulting you yeah exactly like and the fact that they're waving you from their trousers it's not still not assault <laughs> you can, like it's I sexual you, it's you can sexual. claim it as, as maybe harassment yeah but i i don't know about assault i don't like is is, is an assault an assault on your senses no like yeah. So what? Yeah. So so it's is if somebody it if somebody assault? hasn't showered in a day, they're not assaulting you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, it, the, the way that I've argued that makes me come makes me sound as if I'm in support of Louis. I'm not. I'm what he did. Society deems as wrong. 
and what he did was illegal and what mm. he did should have consequences. Yeah. But I, the, that's not, uh, and I'm not offended by that be- because of my own rationalization of what crime is and, and what, and all that kind of stuff as, as wrong as society would, but I still think what he did was incorrect. But I just, I think that the victims, you know, trying to get so much, trying to devoid themselves of all responsibility is even, is, is worse. Mm. You know, I, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I mean, but, but, but by that, uh, by that rationale of if sexual assault is somebody touching their penis around you, then anytime you go to a gym in a gym changing room, the male changing room, loads of people are being assaulted. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just people are told this story and people's reactions are go to the worst. Oh, he was, you know, masturbating furiously and spitting on them and doing all this. Like, well, no, mm. prob- probably, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was the same as a changing room. Yeah. Maybe it's just a perverse thing to do that you don't understand. Mm. And, and, and what whatever so i'm not i'm not i don't understand people being powerless i don't understand it and i think it's just a a mental um trick done to make yourself devoid of all responsibility i mean alcoholics right because i thought about this because one of the steps in the 12 steps of recovering from alcoholism Mm. is to what is it like to admit you're powerless to the drug yeah right but in the same breath you also have to take some kind of power to be avoiding alcohol. Mm. You know, you being powerless to the drug, if that was all it was, you would always drink alcohol whenever there was a soap dispenser around. Always, no matter what. (laughs) And no, the reason people do recover from alcoholism is because they are able to take power over their actions and they recognise that if I take a sip of alcohol then I'm going to be ruined. And that's that, that's the line for them. Yeah. So it's absolutely no alcohol or whatever. But they have the power to not drink alcohol. So it's it, it's that illusion of like, well, they're powerless to alcohol. I mean, you know, people are powerless. It's like, no, they're powerless to alcohol. So they take power on how to manage that powerlessness. Mm. So there's always power involved in your own ability because of freedom of will, because of freedom of speech. You are able to take control of your own life. Yeah. Stop believing that you can't. Yeah. Even if you're, even if someone's pointing a gun at your head, you're yeah. not powerless. You have options. You are able to do things. Yeah. Maybe they'll result in your death, but that doesn't mean that's not your choice. Yeah. You have power in all those situations. Thinking about it, was it is it not just indecent exposure? Uh, I think the fact that he was masturbating makes it more sexualized than exposure. So I, w- I would definitely see it as a sexual thing. Like, and exposure implies that it's just. I see a difference within that, yeah. But it's not assault. No, that's it's the and assault even thing then, that I've. And even then, with. if if if, like I say, we've said it before, and it's maybe has something to do with my physicality, but but I believe it's a mental trip of just standing up for myself. If somebody's doing something that I, do, if someone's masturbating on a bus, I'll throw the person off the bus, mm. or I'll address the person, I'll con- I'll confront the person. If that makes me feel uncomfortable, I will deal with it. Because I choose to, not because I can, mm. but because I choose to. Everybody yeah. can get involved. Yeah. If a 90 year old lady confronted the guy and hit him with her handbag, that's taking power of the situation. Yeah. And yet she would be seen by society as one of the most powerless. You got, no, everyone's got the power. They just choose not to. Well, yeah. The difficulty is that you cannot approach that argument with 90% of people because 
as a man, you do not understand what it's like to be a woman. And but as again, such, that's they will shut you out of the argument. Yeah, but that's just what, what's the point in arguing with idiots? You can't argue that because you're bald. Okay, well, then I'm not, there's no point in me talking with you about this. At the same time, I, I don't mind. think the people that would argue that point of view are idiots. I, th- I think it's just... Those people like, are suggesting that women and men are not equal. The people making that argument are saying that there is a genetic, absolute social inequality, and there should be between men and women. If a woman cannot, they're saying a woman cannot do what a man can do. Yeah. And I think that person's an idiot. Right. But physically they can't. No, but I'm, I'm saying it's not a physical situation. I'm right. saying it's a mental so, situation. Yeah. And like I say, I would confront the, the masturbator on the bus. Not because I can, but because I did, because I want to. Because I make the mental decision to deal with this situation. Mm. Other people will make the mental decision to avoid this situation. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with physicality. Like I said, a 90-year-old woman with no arms can deal with this situation, confront this situation. Yeah. Can When I say deal with it, I mean confront it and change the situation. I'm, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Yeah. That's the mental decision. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not, a, I'm going to punch this guy through the face and my yeah. fist is going to come out the back of his head. Right. You go, that's, that's a different situation. Just confronting it would be, it would be something more than what a lot of these victims are choosing not to do. But you, right. Um, but I think the important distinction to make is that you cannot absolve the perpetrator of all responsibility. Absolutely. Like if, if, so, for example, if someone says something fucking stupid and three hours later, I'm like, I I, th- I think oh, I should have said this and shut it down, but I didn't. Mm. That doesn't absolve that person of saying something stupid. Absolutely, and that's what I'm trying to make clear about the Louis C.K. situation. He yeah. what he did was wrong. The ma- the guy masturbating on the bus is doing something wrong. Yeah, but that's the one dimension that the people are looking at this at these situations. Yeah, yeah. The perpetrator did something wrong, so the, what the victim did has nothing to do with anything. It's all about the perpetrator, and you go, no, it's two dimensional at least. Mm. You don't. You are. You are because you are the victim. You are able to do nothing and get away with it. Yeah. But a stronger person would stand up for themselves. Yeah. A stronger mentally person who wanted to stand up for what they believe in would do something. Martin Luther King would have done some would does done something similar. Mm. Uh, the I can't remember the name of the woman, which makes me sound like a racist <laughs> feminist. But the woman who didn't sit at the back of the bus. I was going to say Eartha Kitt, and she was a blues singer. So it's just, not, <laughs> it's just yeah, she's um, just a black lady. Yeah, people who famous people who have stood up for what they believe in would have stood up for what they believed in under these situations. Mm. And it's not saying that the the, the victims of these of these um, crimes are guilty. It's saying that they're not as guilty, that they're not as powerless as they have claimed to be. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. That's there you go. I thought it was Jane. <laughs> Jane Parks. Jane of the jungle. <laughs> that's even worse. That's <laughs> Add to the racism, Nick. Why not? <laughs> and that, that's summed up in this next article that I found. Um, oh, I was going to say, that's a half, of, half hour of politics up. But <laughs> yeah. So there's, I saw this article this week. And... Uh, when I got to that point, I've got, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll address it all, right? I was, I've had a bit of a rough week for whatever reason, bio, biological chemicals or whatever. Yeah. And I could feel my, I think I've said over the past couple of podcasts that I'm getting more and more unsociable. Leave me alone. It's yeah. kind of been my attitude. And that for some reason that's gotten worse over this week. To the mm. point where I've like, I'm not even going to bother talking to some people and not even like specific people. Just I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to, and it's been more and more entrenched in kind of not talking to people. Um, because I feel like I, I was having a feeling that, that I'm, I'm, my, my thinking was I'm tired of talking to stupid people. 
Mm. And I don't think that I'm intelligent and I don't think that people are stupid. I think that people in general are stupid, but I don't think people <laughs> I know are stupid. So it's, it was just, an, it was just me being depression coming back and, um, edging myself into a corner, not talking to people and then seeing these, like, all oh, the news is bad or whatever. And then seeing this and I was like, for fuck's sake, fine, mm. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to like, that was, that was the straw that kind of hit me on the back. I was just like, yeah. fine, fuck you all. Let you deal with my hate. <laughs> throw, throw it out there. Um, but I think one of these, um, I, I read this article afterwards and that kind of just fueled it for me. So a woman suffering from an eating disorder died alone in her home after her benefits were cut uh, because she was too ill to attend an employment support allowance meeting. So a woman who was very, very ill lived um, Yeah, lived this was in somewhere up in... I think uh, it was like Cheshire, Runcorn yeah, or something Runcorn. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Elaine Morrill, a mother of four, was found dead in her freezing flat in Runcorn, Cheshire, wearing a coat and a scarf earlier this month. Uh, Miss Morrill's family said that the 38-year-old had a benefits cut after failing to turn up for a meeting because she was in intensive care in hospital. Mm. Now, that is a bad situation. Yeah. Right? That, that, that there is an argument of, oh, you know, why, why did the government not investigate this further? They could have seen that she was too ill to attend the meeting. They could have sent someone out and right. it would have been done. The government was wrong in what it did. It made the wrong call in hindsight. Yeah. Maybe they should be, improve how they're going to do this. Mm. The next paragraph, in an open letter posted on Facebook, Miss Morrill's mother, Linda, blamed the Department of Work and Pensions for her daughter's death, saying she was unable, she was left unable to afford to put the heating on. Again, that's something to do with the government. But don't blame the government if you know that your daughter is ill, is freezing cold, has no heating, and is not able to support herself. Yeah. You are you have some power there to intervene, to get involved, to invite your daughter home where there's yeah. warmth, where there's food. Yeah. Don't absolutely blame the government. Well, this is actually this is why I've been leaning more and more towards republicanism. Because mm. it takes the it it takes these big burdens off the government and puts them in the hands of the community. So the community that you live within is more responsible for theirs and your needs, as opposed to this big overarching thing which cannot possibly look after sixty five million people. Mm, well, just I can't understand. She, if the, 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 that, that paragraph, that letter implies that she was in communication with her daughter. Yeah. And her daughter rang up saying, "Hey, mum, I'm freezing to death," and she yeah. was like, "Well, when's the government coming round?" Yeah. Not like, why don't yeah. you come round to have a tin of soup? Mm. Why don't we just talk this out? Why don't you stay over with me and I'll look after you for a few days? Yeah. She's already too ill. She's already ill. She's not sick. And yes, there's some responsibility on the victim because if you're ill and you're not able to support yourself, you need to learn to do that. Mm. Even if it is going somewhere, going to look for, going directly to the government for help. Yeah. If you're too ill, calling people for help, trying to get help. And as a mother, you're, you're responsible for your children. So why aren't you getting involved? Why aren't you doing that? Yeah. The only argument is that they did, they, they weren't on talking terms and her mother was abusive and horrible. Mm. And then you go, well, and if that's the case, then why is the, the abusive mother complaining to the government about it all when she would hold some responsibility to her daughter not being able to deal with herself? Mm. Again, what the government did was wrong. And this is a tragedy, but on a second dimension, I don't see how it's all the government's fault. I don't see how yeah. you can sit and watch your daughter freeze to death. I don't understand that. Yeah. And apparently that's the attitude is everyone is powerless to the government. Everyone yeah. is powerless to everything. Yeah. And it's just, no, you're choosing to be lazy. Replace powerless with lazy. That's, that's, that's how <laughs> but, I do it. That's how yeah, I do it. And that's, but that, that's kind of the attitude that you've taken when we've gone through politics and shit in the past anyway, that like mm. the government, nothing, even if it's someone voted in that's like, horrific like mm. they're not really going to affect your day-to-day -day. 
only you can do that. So it's well, you shouldn't rely on the government to make your packed lunch. No, like, you know, you you need to learn to survive on your own. Yeah, and and again, this is just my view on politics: is that the government is like a next door neighbor. Yeah, who if you break your leg and your next door neighbor comes around and says, "Oh, I can splint that for you and I can help you heal." But, oh, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. I'm very grateful for that. But yeah. if you break your leg, you don't sit around waiting for the government to come along and heal you. No, you'd be like, "I, I broke my leg in a field. Oh well, someone will come along." Yeah, go. No, I need to learn. What? How do I? How do I splint this broken leg? Where yeah. am I? Where's the nearest hospital? Where's the nearest this? And that. it's uh, yeah it's it's the difference between people needing the help and people and people feeling like they have a right to the help like they're entitled to it which i don't think or just being 100 percent dependent on it like even, yeah. even, even if you feel entitled to having your broken leg fixed if you're in the middle of a field at night and you don't know where you are and you don't mm. know anything yeah then you you know you're gonna die mm. if because the, the hospital's not gonna move gonna fly over and just see you and pick you up yeah you need to figure out how to get to the hospital yeah so it's it's just that other it's that level of people feel that they're powerless and just the way that a child would smash a vase in a in a, in a store and be mm. like, well, I'm just a kid. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm just I, I'm innocent. I don't know what I'm doing. It's just that attitude that's kind of just put, been become more and more prevalent mm. in other things. And I don't you know I'm I'm I'd like to think that I'm uh, open to to change about mm. everything. This is yeah. just my my initial reaction to all these situations, and what I what what lights a fire in me is being able to talk about this with other people. Yeah, that's why I want to kind of get like a blog up and going, a video blog or whatever, just kind of creative output to kind of have these kind of conversations because yeah. for every idiot that's going to you know say something unproductive or that was going to say the same argument i've already outlined and been like i understand your point of view i disagree let's talk about something new why don't we look at it in a different way for every hundred of those there's going to be one person who's going to have an interesting conversation yeah i I don't know i i I kind of i know where you're at because i started doing this like i I think at the start of this year i'd i'd gotten into like a, a youtube spiral that had made me completely question the way that I saw the world and my beliefs spiritually and politically and everything else. And I started kind of putting that across on Facebook of like of, of these different ways mm. of seeing these different things that had sprung up in the world. Like I guess now an example would be, would, would be the abuse thing that we've just gone over with Louis. Mm. Uh, like I started putting that on Facebook and the amount of sheer just fucking force feedback from everybody mm. else that did not, want to have their mind changed or yeah, did yeah. not want to see things in a different way just made me stop doing it and now if you go up on facebook like that I, I probably haven't posted a meaningful status or fucking anything in months mm. because it's 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 stopped being worth worth the fucking hassle every now and again i'll comment on somebody else's but it's just like i've i've got no desire to stick my head back into that fucking echo chamber and mm. just just to be yelled at for having a point of view but it's 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 just that the yelling isn't productive. Yeah. Like if it was yelling Completely. that was that was insightful and and conversational and it was something that, that turned into an interesting talk, and it, it would be something it. worthwhile. It's, it's, it's unproductive from a bunch of people who are so obsessed with with discussing politics and whatnot. But mm. as long as you're talking about it from 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 their perspective, yeah. from how they see things, they do not want to be challenged. And it's just a fucking ball, like trying to mm. tr- trying to be a, a different voice in that world. Well, it's just, uh, I think this is what, I think over the past, I've said this seven times, over the past <laughs> couple of podcasts, I've been trying to formulate a, a way of articulating my thought on people are arguing the opposite instead of having the, the discussion. And I think 
it's just hit me now, so I don't know if this makes sense. But when you bring up a topic, say um, Trump isn't racist, mm. people are not interested in having the conversation about whether or not he's racist. Yeah. The argument is you're wrong. Yeah. And so all the energy will be against you personally about why you think this. Yeah. So it have nothing to do with Trump. It have nothing to do with racism. Yeah. It's just I think he's a racist and you're wrong. Yeah. And because that is such a that's a an in, um, an unproductive way to have a, a conversation mm. by not addressing the conversation. Yeah. Like, like in, in the Trump case, you go like, well, can you give me an example of when he's been racist? And they won't give you an example of when he was racist. They'll yeah. say, well, he's building a wall. You go, yeah. yeah, but that's an immigration thing. That's not a racial thing. The only response I got was, well, come on, he's definitely racist. Exactly. And like, that, that's, that, that's... So the argument is the opposite of you. Yeah. It's not because nothing, that's, that's what I meant before about this taking the direct opposite instead of trying to take part in the conversation. They're just trying to oppose you. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's got nothing to do with the conversation. And yeah, there's definitely an attitude of people who just want to be right. And anyone who questions that means that they think they're wrong and they can't deal with it. So they have to be, you well, have to agree I, with me. I think me. most people put ideas out into, into that particular social sphere mm. because they, 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 they're validated by having a lot of people agree with them. They don't yeah. expect anybody to disagree with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that whole echo chamber of kind of, um, opposition to you instead of the conversation. Yeah. I definitely understand how that's um, frustrating, but I, I haven't, I've specifically not done that for, I don't know how many years, say five years. And just when this occurred, you go like, ah, this is, that's about as much victimhood I'm, 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 I'm up for dealing with now. Yeah. So I'm, it's almost like, quota. A, yeah, it's yeah. just like, that's, that's too much yeah. for me to say that you're powerless to say no. Mm. You're always, it's like saying you don't have free speech. You're not able to talk. Yeah. No, you are. I have sympathy for the situation that you're in. And I, and the person who's put you in that situation is wrong, but stop looking at it from one dimension yeah. and try and look at it and how you could have saved yourself, how you could have protected yourself. Because again, that's the other thing. The whole Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey thing about these people who've been abused, who, who have claimed to have been abused and are letting the abuser run free to abuse their friends. Mm. Like Louis C.K. did it to comedians. So those female comedians allowed Louis C.K. to continue to do it to other comedians that I assume they know. Kevin Spacey did it to actors. So those actors allowed other actors to deal with it as well as bartenders and whatever. And Harvey Weinstein did it with um, top female actresses apparently. And they mm. just let him go and do and rape a load of more people. Yeah. And they don't take any responsibility for it. And I'm not saying that they're guilty. I'm saying that they could have prevented this sooner. They could have dealt with this. They could have stood up for what they believed in, but they chose not to and yes that comes across that i'm judging them as, as less people than martin luther king or whoever <laughs> but yeah i am a better person female or male would have stood up for what they believed in regardless of the consequences yeah if harvey weinstein if somebody came in here and started raping me and i didn't <laughs> deal with it then a better a better version of me would have dealt with it and it's just all it is is just it's a tough truth because mm. you go they couldn't have dealt with it no, they could have. And me saying that they could have is not saying that they're less than human. It's saying that they should strive to prevent rapists when they can. Mm. And that's all it is. But the thing is, is there's a tension even, even here. So you go like, uh, it's, it's, it's formulating. Yeah. But, but it, it's, all. all it is, is just saying the words out loud and you kind of, I'm not judging you for it. I'm no, just no. saying that it's a natural reaction because I'm saying something that's controversial. Um, is, yeah, people just go like, no, no you're for, just like, blaming victims. For the most part, I agree. I just, I think there are nuances that are being ignored. Mm. Um, 
with 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 a lot of the Harvey Weinstein stuff, it was it, the the majority of the things that uh, that stood against the victims from coming out and coming forward and everything like that was the fact that rape is so ridiculously hard to prove in a legal setting. Yeah, and but, and assault and everything like that. But an if accusation, it's done in a closed environment, and an yeah, accusation and, would and, hold more weight than not saying anything. And, right? Yeah, rightly so. Like if all these accusations came out, even if there was no no say, law or anything like that say like then bill it would cosby, definitely paint him in a bad light and it would definitely cause a situation to be like investigated bill cosby was accused multiple times before it hit the media limelight mm. right and i think that if you are a victim of something even if it takes you 29 years more than, or other than 30 years to yeah. accuse him i think that you should accuse him as soon as you're readily able to but the, the difficulty with that is concerned is as as far as most people are concerned bill cosby is guilty as sin but as far as the law is concerned, hmm. he, comp- the, 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 none of the charges went through. But I, I forget what the number was. It was something like thirty people. Yeah, accused him. If that number was three thousand, <laughs> he might be more likely to be convicted. Well, I, th- I, I think a maybe number as high as ten is fine. Maybe like, it goes back to I think standing up for what, what I. I mean, when I was a kid, I was attacked um, outside of school by th- about twenty kids, mm. me and a friend of mine. And the reason was we went to a cafe for lunch. And uh, these kids wanted to start a fight with me and I just completely ignored them to the yeah. point where one of them put out a leg to trip me as I was going to the till and I just didn't see it. So I stepped on his foot. So his <laughs> attempt to trip me up was ill-timed, yeah. placed at the wrong moment and he just put it underneath my eyes and I stood on it. Yeah. So they jumped out, attacked me with motorcycle helmets um, and me and my friend, I pressed charges, mm. but my doctor, because I'm incredible, I healed... <laughs> When I went to the doctor, I, I, I was hit the most and my body just healed better. I wasn't diabetic at the time. <laughs> my, my, my body, I had, I had like a slightly black eye and like I was thrown into a bollard. I think I threw someone into a car, right? It's not an oncoming car, it's a park car. So it was a, it was a proper fight, proper, proper attack fight, 12 people or whatever. Mm. And I even named the people who attacked me. Cause like, I know this person, I know this person, I know this yeah. person. And I charged the police. My friend char- pressed charges, but then gave up after a week because mm. he wanted to focus on his exams. Right. If if his testimony was done, there, there would have been a conviction. Yeah. But because it was only my testimony and I was, they weren't able to damage me as much as they were able to damage him. Mm. And their doc and his doctor was like, what a bunch of cunts. This up, oh, they did this, they did that, they did that. So they gave yeah. proper like crime, you know, um, able to be persecuted with because he dropped his charges because he, and again, all, all that changed was you had to go in for a video interview for an hour. Yeah. And just so they would play that video in the court and that would be happening. And uh, yeah, there was no conviction. Mm. And I still, I had to deal with the backlash of accusing people and then them not being convicted. Yeah. So like hanging outside of school, threatening me. And I'd be like, if you do it again, I'm just going to press charges again. And you're definitely going to go to prison. So yeah. And I was able to deal with that situation, but I stood up for what I believed. He did not. Yeah. And because of that, one, I suffered more, but I then was stood up for it more. Mm. But I, yeah, I don't understand being people being powerless. And as much as you can blame my my gender, my physical presence, um, my state of mind as being the result of that, I I think more highly of people than they do. I think that everybody is able to say the words no, and yeah. everybody is able to resist something that they don't want to res- that they don't want to do to them. Mm. If they don't, there's no fault. Like every, every people can get into situations where it's incredibly difficult. And I'm not judging them, but don't say that you're powerless because you mm. are powerless. You are able to do something. If your daughter's freezing to death, you can go around and give her a coat. 
Yeah. Like, for God's sake, you don't have to be like, well, the government didn't do it. It's like, no, well, then you value your life, your daughter's life yeah. so little, you don't want to walk down the road and give her a cup of tea. Yeah. You're not powerless. This is, uh, yeah. I mean, the, I think the issue I have with stories like that is, is that people, on the whole, they feel so entitled to these things. Like, it's fair, like, they'll kick up a stink when they don't get what they want, but when they do get what they want, it's just radio silence. There's mm. no gratitude. There's no, because they expect it and they feel entitled to it. They feel entitled to this money. They feel entitled to this help, this, these handouts and everything. Like they, they feel entitled to it. So they do not feel that gratitude is warranted. But that means they've just never, ever been independent and never, ever want to be independent. They want to be dependent upon the government or upon family or upon something else. I think on the whole, that could be true. I think on an individual basis, it's, it's, it, it, again, it's it's case by case. It depends that, on the person. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. But I think if you believe yourself to be powerless, that means that you're being dependent upon something else. Upon your rapist turning out to be a nice guy. Yeah. You know, or upon uh, mountain rescue picking you up from a field. Mm. So yes, sometimes you will be dependent upon that. Yeah. But you also need to learn how to deal with and take power with yourself. Stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. I believe I want to live. I'm going to splint my broken leg and try and find people to, mm. to help me maybe those people will turn out to be serial killers and i'll die but at least <laughs> i've tried at least i've taken action and i haven't just sat in my house freezing to death when there's a bonfire outside you know <laughs> yeah. whatever reason i have sympathy with the situation yeah. i believe what the government did was incorrect in hindsight but you shouldn't be that dependent upon the government especially if it's your daughter mm. i mean yeah, maybe she didn't know, maybe nothing else was happening, but to blame the government when it was your daughter that froze to death because she wasn't being looked after and you're the mother, you know, yeah. maybe you should have taken a, more of an interest in your daughter's dying life. It always amazes me that it's such, it always, it's always such a big story when the, when a community has to band together because no one else will help them. Mm. Like, why is that a big story? Why aren't you doing that anyway? Yeah, well, it should be. It should, you know, it's, it could be inspiring, but it is definitely t t tainted with the brush of because the government wouldn't help. Yeah, yeah. And again, just stop waiting on the government to solve your life. I don't stop waiting on anybody. Stop waiting on your parents. Stop waiting on your yeah. the love of your life. Stop waiting on your kids to fulfill that hole. Yeah, just take control of your life. And yeah. More increasingly, more and more, people have just been more and more reliant on other people. And I'm the victim here, so I don't have to do anything. And I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not doing the job that I want. And it's because of the, my employee. Yeah. It's like, well, just please start taking control of your life and start dealing with things. Yeah. I just, I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> um, in charge of, in, well, AI is also, you know, part of our, I mentioned before Terminator 1. Yeah. You know, outside world, killing everybody. You've got your inside world. And you've got those dogs that detect the Terminators coming in with human skin. Yeah. Um, well, Amazon Echo threw a party in a guy's house when he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Amazon Echo, I think at 1.50 a.m., um, just started playing incredibly loud music for two hours. And the neighbours called the police. <laughs> So the police knocked down the door to like Alexa. <laughs> There's an empty house playing loud music and had to like unplug the AI. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise anyone was in. <laughs> I just really like this banging track. 
Oliver Haberstro, who lives in Hamburg, says his Alexa-enabled speaker started playing music at full blast in the early hours of the morning. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Amazon are, you know, paying the legal fees, <laughs> even though they said that it was done via his phone. So whether it was like a pocket dial... Hey Alexa, play music full blast. <laughs> or whether Alexa like picked up on a voice command that wasn't quite, you know, intended yeah. for it or whatever. But Amazon had been like, I think their, their statement was something like, even though the Echo performed perfectly, we will pay for the legal fees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's nothing. You know, Kenya, Kenya's a forward thinking kind of place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A Kenyan official has said um, male lions who have had sex, so there's an image of these two male lions who had sex, must have seen gay men behaving badly and should be separated and given therapy. So it's because seen a male lion have sex with another male lion and been like, well, some gays must have broken in. What kind of accent is this for Kenya? <laughs> Kenya, a famous branch of Northern Ireland. <laughs> We set off from Belfast <laughs> and we landed in Kenya. Hey, Paddy, <laughs> what the fuck are those lions doing? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen men behaving badly? I reckon I saw gay men behaving badly. <laughs> anyway, accents aside. <laughs> bad accents aside. Um, Ezekiel Mutua, the chief executive of the Kenyan Film Classification Board, said the pair must have been influenced after they viewed a human same-sex couple. Which is somewhat ridiculous, don't you think? <laughs> I haven't seen irons doing the washing up or no. lions, you know, ironing or something. No. Well, the people are doing it. I mean, I'm, well, I don't know. Not maybe investing they, in stocks. Maybe people don't iron and do the washing up in Kenya. <laughs> Lazy bastard. <laughs> maybe they're powerless to do so. <laughs> Um, he, he added it was also possible that they were driven by um, by evil forces, saying that demons also possess animals. You know, mm. I mean, fair <laughs> point. <laughs> he went on to say these animals need counselling yeah. because probably they have been influenced by gays who have gone to the national parks <laughs> and behaved badly. I don't know. They might have just copied it um, somewhere or, you know, it's demonic um, because these animals do not watch movies. <laughs> What a statement. Demons. <laughs> These animals. Yeah, bloody demons coming in, messing to. with get, our lives. Get the witch doctor. There's fucking gear demons everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking in the safari. <laughs> Jacqueline. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wondered why they asked the chief executive of the film classification board. Because he was like, well, they haven't been watching movies, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no lions having sex in our movies. <laughs> like safari through, uh, safari in, <laughs> you sit in and watch a film about lions having sex. Not even lions, interspecies. <laughs> I mean, I don't know many people who have seen spiders and started making webs. No. You know, it's not, when it's not like, well, lions haven't seen birds and tried to fly. You know, I don't think that they've they've really been influenced that much. I think they just want to fuck something. <laughs> it's just again, that's my view of the world is full of murderers, pickpockets, and gay lions. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else sees it as sunshine and rainbows. Speaking of homosexuality, have you heard about gays against guns? Gag. 
Yeah. No. No, I think they were formed after the Miami club shooting. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they recently, and (laughs) I just find it, I find their method of protest, um, um, also, what sort of word? I'll I'll say brilliant in its own, brilliant in its own way, right? One day after the massacre in Sutherland Springs, Texas, which was quite recently, three major gun control demands were made. Washington, D.C., November 6th, at 12 noon on Monday, November 6th, seven, seven activists from Gays Against Guns were arrested after holding a disruptive die-in um, after in the atrium of the Hart Senate office building to demand gun control measures. Die-in? So, yes, you know you've got sit-ins, you just go in and sit down. Yeah. Yeah, these people just go in and die. <laughs> what? <laughs> they pretend to die. Oh, right, right. pretend. A, yeah, so you've got like people like sit, like peaceful protests sat down with signs. Mm. These people just go in with a t-shirt and just like collapse on the floor and like draw bullet bullet wounds in I don't know marker pen and just like lie on the floor I saw a picture of this or something yeah what what are these guys doing we're doing a dying I don't know dead people could talk (laughs) I don't know (laughs) right we're organising a dying everyone come along more than merry (laughs) we'll offer refreshments beforehand it might be bubbling but it'll be great yeah it's really going to change things for you yeah yeah (laughs) smells a bit like bleach you just need to get past that (laughs) Uh, the activists demand that Congress pass Senator Chris Murphy's Background Check Expansion Act. Um, the GOP lawyers who take money from the NRA are literally killing this country with their refusal to push gun controls like those we demanded today. We'll continue to haunt them as long as haunt them because they're doing a dying right. Yeah. As long as they stand by silently, I hope today's actions inspire the 94% of Americans who support background checks to hold their elected officials accountable in more demonstrative ways. Mm. I hope me lying down on the floor in this foyer is going to motivate 94% of people um, to push for gun control in yeah. some kind of way. It's just a dying. <laughs> well, you know, guns cause massacres. Why don't we just stage our own massacre? <laughs> We're just laying, <laughs> have pictures of the people who work there, loved ones on our face or something. Yeah. No, we're all dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Deal with your gun control. And then walk out the room. <laughs> um, again, well, again, American government in the topics as well. You know Osama bin Laden? Um, I do, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, his distaste for Western culture grew and started growing when he visited the UK... Um, and he saw Shakespeare's house. <laughs> he saw Shakespeare's house, and that was the moment he went, yeah. Western culture? Yes. No, I can't deal with it. I will live my life big Willie style. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer planes, trains, and automobile. <laughs> <laughs> we went every Sunday to visit Shakespeare's house. Bin Laden wrote of his travels to the UK <laughs> as a teenager. Bin Laden said, was like, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he wrote a diary when he was a kid. I was, he was the diary of Osama Bin Laden. I was not impressed. And I saw that they, they were a society different from ours and that they were a morally loose society. Well, thanks, right. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. You caused 9-11. <laughs> What was it like? Oh, oh yeah. Everyone goes into the woods and has an orgy. Thanks, Shakespeare. Yeah. You killed 3,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> you started a war in the Middle East. <laughs> Get up. Mm. Um, and lastly, I think it's lastly. I think I had another one. I oh, will end on this one for me. Um, an escort 
has been arrested for allegedly shooting a man in the head because she thought he was bad at sex. <laughs> this is terrible. This is very good. At the hospital, the man reports he lived. <laughs> At the hospital, the man reportedly communicated to police that he knew who had attacked him. What he was having sex with her at the time. <laughs> A police document describes Wallen, um, the woman, the escort, as emotionless, cold, and calculating. Um, according to a detective working the case, they wrote in their notes, in the end, she said that she shot the victim two times in the head because he was performing oral sex wrong and she just didn't know how to tell him. What? So she shot him in the head. Wait, hold on. She's a prostitute. Exactly. You don't... <laughs> you're bad at this. Well, yeah, but you're, you're so a prostitute. bad. I don't want to talk to you. I want to shoot you in the head twice. Yeah. <laughs> You're so bad at servicing me when I've been paid to service you <laughs> that I'm going to... The audacity of that! <laughs> it's like suing McDonald's for making you fat. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like you giving a home-baked meal to McDonald's and then shooting you in the face. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> There's no Mac in this. <laughs> but she just didn't know how to tell him that, she, that he was bad at all i didn't i didn't want to be rude you know <laughs> some some men take that news quite badly i thought he was better off dead. <laughs> how many teach how many teenagers like experiencing sex for the first time in amsterdam are just going to be scared shitless <laughs> she might shoot me <laughs> uh, the escort is also accused of stealing the man's wallet and going on a spending spree of over ten thousand dollars <laughs> oh right okay so that well that's <laughs> that well, seems to be that would more be a like, more clear motive yeah right but i wanted her to statement rob ten thousand dollars <laughs> not he was so terrible at- <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't do the alphabet <laughs> you know <laughs> so <shy in> the face. <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's all i've got on powerlessness and uh well the guy was powerless he couldn't do anything he's got shot in the face <laughs> oh, um all right um an elderly woman has been accused of training her 65 cats to steal from neighbors uh the columbus police department opened an investigation on ruth gregson and her 65 cats in october <laughs> after the case on, 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 the, on the cats and tabby and Tiddle. sammy and <laughs> james <laughs> It's like, it's like the Bible. <laughs> Agatha began Agatha. <laughs> uh, and her 65 cats in October after several neighbours reported small objects being stolen from their homes. Several victims reported being visited by Mrs. Gregson's cats before noticing the disappearance of several shiny objects like valuable cutlery <laughs> and pieces of jewellery. Um, d- don't leave your valuable cutlery lying around. <laughs> I guess leave it up next to the cat flap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get rid of the cat flap. <laughs> Despite their scepticism, investigators began surveillance operation and were amazed by what they discovered. Uh, according to the Columbus Police Chief Kim Jacobs, dozens of cats were constantly coming and going, bringing home anything and everything that shined. She was like Fagin in Oliver Twist, but she was using <laughs> cats as thieves instead of children. <laughs> she merged the. <laughs> Two classic, com- cl- classic musicals. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver and Cats. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in less than three hours of surveillance, the detectives saw the cats bring home more than a hundred objects. <laughs> they saw? Yeah. Well, this cat's got a piano. <laughs> Should we stop it? No, yeah. put it in the report. No, he's just having a hard time getting it up the road. Let's see what he does with it. Oh, he's got his mates. <laughs> Why don't they just form a removal company and just be free of the tyranny of this old woman? <laughs> That's the real crime. They're powerless to change. <laughs> Uh, upon search Mrs. Gregson's house, investigators found $650,000 worth of jewellery and precious metal among piles of workers. Precious metal. Precious Titanium. Metal. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or half of a nuclear submarine. <laughs> yeah. With women's body parts scattered around in it. <laughs> uh, among piles of worthless shiny baubles. Um, Chief Jacob says the elderly woman confessed to training her cats to steal, saying the felines had to earn their meals. Um, she would only feed the animals if they bought home valuables, so the animals had to steal every day in order to survive. Most were voluntary, voluntarily malnourished so that they would easily gain the neighbour's pity and be allowed inside their houses. According to the Columbus police, Miss Gregson's animals have stolen from more than 5,000 houses and apartments in the area, and investigators invite possible victims to contact them. Columbus Police Chief uh, Kim Jacobs told reporters that the number of charges filed against Miss Gregson could reach over 5,000. While Miss Gregson is the first person in American history to be accused of training cats to steal, this isn't the first time that animals are trained to commit crimes. In 2009, <laughs> a surveillance that caught a monkey stealing hundreds of dollars worth of plants from a Texas nursery. At the time, the police store and store owners had hypothesised that the monkey had been trained to take the plants and hand them over the fence to a waiting human accomplice. The claim that there was a dollar, the bag with a dollar sign on it, <laughs> yeah. an eye mask on it, yeah. was the, the, the that, shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In 2013, a Chicago court sentenced a man to five years in prison for training ferrets to steal cell phones from people on the street and in public buses. <laughs> It's quite inventive, like having that many cats, and you're just like, oh, she <laughs> must be mental. Cool. But it's like, no, you just just train them to steal, and then technically, are you culpable? Like they're just doing what they've been trained to do. Like you don't have to train them twice. I, I don't know, six hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff. That's she had sixty five cats. That's ten thousand dollars per cat. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 good work. If they can do that in like a year, that's that's more than some people earn. That's great. <laughs> Um, a uh, a man has uh, uh, a man paid women to strip outside neighbor's front door for four years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking this ahead. is going back to Barry Carr. I think. <laughs> he was thinking ahead. Yeah. Well, a day is long, but a week is longer. Do you need discounts? <laughs> uh, a couple said they felt afraid and captive in their own home as women were repeatedly sent to strip outside their front door. Around 30 times a year for four years, women would show up at the house late at night or in the early hours of the morning. They would strip on the porch before ringing the doorbell seeking payment. Uh, <laughs> you got the money. <laughs> waking, waking the traumatized couple's children up. Um, at first, they had no idea why the visits were being made so frequently, but later learned that the women were prostitutes who had been hired by a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Douglas Goldsbury sent the women to strip outside his neighbour's door as he watched from the kitchen across the street while masturbating um, <laughs> he has now been jailed for four years the same amount of time he terrorised the family it's a really twisted <laughs> and sick plot said Deputy Douglas Deputy Douglas County Attorney Chad Brown 
Um, he said Goldsbury called the harassment a screening process. <laughs> <laughs> he for the neighbours or for the prostitutes? For the prostitutes. Okay. He derived pleasure out of how far he could control these women to see how far he could get them to go, Mr. Brown said. The 45-year-old pleaded no contest to to pandering in September and was jailed on Friday at Douglas County Court District. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dance for me next to the neighbours. Yeah, I want you to go over there. <laughs> yeah. But the, th- the, the thing is, like... They, it, you would strip on the doorstep and then knock. So the neighbours, like, they didn't even see the whole show. Yeah, they're paying for the, a TV licence when they don't even watch the BBC. Exactly. They <laughs> open the door and it's just a naked woman now. It's like, well, where's the romance? Where's the, <laughs> where's the build-up? Nothing <laughs> yeah. there. Don't, don't show me the ending of the film. Yeah. I mean, what happens in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> um, a German zoo will no longer be able to let children participate in one of its main attractions... Swimming with crocodiles. <laughs> oh, oh, political correctness gone mad. <laughs> the ban, which aims to protect children from the deadly reptiles, <laughs> was made official during a court ruling on Thursday. Uh, previously, the crocodile zoo in Friedberg, Germany, let miners interact with the animals by feeding them and swimming in the same water. But only if a guide to the zoo was present. Oh, well, that, well he says that. Yeah. There's exactly. a guy with a baton. Yeah, exactly. You know. A guy at the side of the stick, side of the pool with, with a fluorescent With jacket. a pole. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but only for guys. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. But now, only adults will be able to swim with the crocodiles. <laughs> this means that the establishment's popular jungle birthday party package, which included <laughs> up-close photos with the animals, will no longer be allowed for kids. So only if you're adults can you have the jungle party package. They must be under such heavy sedation, these animals. You can't oh, just let them out. That's the thing. It's like, I, you must. They must be under sedation. Well, they've, they've never attacked anyone or anything. So it's like, that's really unlikely. If you've been doing this for years. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe, Maybe crocodiles well are really peaceful. Well, I, I think it's, it's like snakes are fairly harmless if they've been fed recently. Mm. Like they just won't eat. They'll, they'll eat like once a week or once a month or whatever. So, if your payment doesn't go through, yeah. you're more than welcome to have a party. Um, <laughs> but we will seek payment in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just like there's a particular day when you shouldn't go, like on a Sunday. I don't know. Um, the ban comes into effect uh, after an August 25th decision by Darmstadt Regional Council, which stated a barrier should be present at all times. If an adult chooses to swim with the animals, they must be warned of the serious risks being in such close contact with the deadly creatures. Why do you need to be warned not <laughs> to swim with crocodiles it's so fucking stupid despite the most recent decision the zoo still holds its word that their animals are well behaved and have never hurt anyone you cannot train a fucking crocodile there's no such thing as a well behaved reptilian brain like it, like, even if you're not hungry but they can still bite they can still get irritated they can yeah. still get defensive yeah exactly they can still accidentally step on you yeah like it's <laughs> But the thing, like, why, why as a parent are you like, yeah, get in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> Surely there's some psychological analysis that needs doing there. Well, I mean, we've spoken before about people trying to sneak into the zoo yeah. via the lion enclosure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people are seemingly quite stupid when it comes to death. <laughs> You'll be fine. I haven't been sick in ages. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. 
Uh, Alright, this is my last one. Um, it's only a quick one. Uh, a driver has donated a coffee maker after he apparently fell asleep at the wheel and slammed into a Goodwill store. Um, the crash happened at 2.37am and uh, a Goodwill in the 100 block of Altadena Drive, where the Jaguar sedan went through the wall and ended up among <laughs> racks of clothing inside the building. No one was injured in the collision and the driver was released uh, after speaking with the Pasadena Police Department. He was he was not suspected of a DUI. Store employees were cleaning up the debris uh, and boarding up the damaged uh, wall in the aftermath of the incident. But before leaving the scene, the driver donated a brand new Mr. Coffee machine to Goodwill. So he slammed his car through the front of the store <laughs> and then just gave him a coffee machine and fucked up. <laughs> there you go. I'm so sorry. We're even, right? Yeah. yeah. It makes a killer double espresso. <laughs> so it'll get you so buzzed, you'll drive through a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was powerless. <laughs> <laughs> That. that wasn't so bad, was it? No, it wasn't terrible. No, it was alright. Um, if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in the podcast, um, feel free to contact us, as always, at uh, podcast at pullingteeth.audio and uh, on Twitter uh, at pullingteethpod. So, yeah, go, 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 go do that. If you've been triggered, man, if that, if that affected you deeply, if you've been like properly triggered and dragged by your teeth out of your safe space yeah you go on go on twitter and uh, go on email and uh, give us a hard time and tell us what for because it's a crime to be offended um no but in all seriousness like if you've got anything to say any opposition to those views um which were thought out but very much off the cuff as always um yeah, feel free to get in touch because we would actually like to hear from you. And if you do contact us making a serious point, we won't take the piss. It's not in our nature. It kind of is. Um, all right, that was Pulling Teeth episode 58, the least popular episode ever, probably. The least critically acclaimed episode ever. Do we have critics? We've got, we must have some critics. We, we, we've got some. I know we've got some. I'm criticised on a weekly basis for doing this. Um, but uh, but uh, on the whole, eh, it wasn't so bad. Um, so yeah, that was episode 58. Thanks very much for listening and see you next week. Cheers.